Welcome to the Lead On Podcast. This is Jeff Orge, the president of Gateway Seminary, talking with you once again about practical issues related to ministry leadership. Perhaps the most often prayed prayer by ministry leaders is, God, give me wisdom. Certainly nothing wrong with that prayer. The Bible actually tells us to pray for wisdom. We all know we need wisdom. We're all hoping that we make decisions that are grounded in wisdom. So that leads to a very important question. What is wisdom? And another question. Can you learn how to be more wise? And then beyond that, what does it look like when you are demonstrating wisdom? And what are some practical steps you can take to enhance wisdom in your life? These questions fascinated me so much so that a few years ago, I made a fairly extensive study of the words wise and wisdom uh, in the Bible. And I wrote a pretty extensive Bible study, which incorporated uh, dozens of verses of Scripture. And then out of that, uh, drew some conclusions, actually wrote a chapter about this and put it in my book, The Character of Leadership. Wisdom. Let's see if we can talk today about this important subject and how to be more wise as ministry leaders. First of all, a definition of wisdom. Wisdom is finding God's guidance to apply biblical principles to complex life situations. Finding God's guidance to apply biblical principles to complex life situations. Look, There are some situations that are pretty simple, pretty straightforward, and the Bible has very clear directives. You can chapter and verse some problems, but there are other life problems that are much more complicated. And in fact, there may be multiple passages of scripture that speak to the issue in a issues in a complicated life situation and There may be multiple uh, principles in play and uh, interwoven concerns that need to be discerned in order to make wise decisions. That's why I add this phrase, complex life situation, to my definition. Because wisdom is applying biblical principles to complex life situations. And learning to do that with dexterity and insight and care. Now, that leads us to another question, and that is, can wisdom actually be learned? Now, this question was crystallized for me a number of years ago. I was on a task force about leadership development with a number of other uh, people from different backgrounds, including um, some top CEOs from some very large companies, including one Fortune 500 company, pastors, uh, other key leaders. We were discussing the whole concept of leadership development, particularly as it can be done in an educational context. And one of the uh, people on that group, by the way, everyone on that group was a very committed Christian, but one of the people on the group said, well, I don't think you can learn wisdom. I think you either have it or you don't. Well, that perked my ears up. And that's what made me uh, originally do this study. I wanted to find out the answer to his question because when he said that, 
I disagreed with him. But because he was an older guy and because he had a lot more experience than I did and because he was much more responsible in leadership than I was in a huge organization, I didn't know if I was right or not, But I didn't, so I didn't want to contest him in the moment. But when he said that, I remember thinking, that's not right. But I didn't know for sure that it was or wasn't. And so I did what we do. I went to the Bible. And I asked the question, can wisdom be learned? And the answer is, overwhelmingly, yes. Here's just some biblical insight to help answer this question. First of all, in Luke 2.52, it says that Jesus grew in wisdom. (laughs) Well, if Jesus could grow in something, then that must mean that it's something that can be attained and sharpened and enhanced over time. Jesus grew in wisdom. Uh, Second, the first purpose listed in the book of Proverbs, Proverbs 1-2, is attaining or gaining wisdom. Now, there are actually 10 different uh, phrases in Proverbs chapter 1 that enumerate the reasons or the purposes for the book. But the very first one is for attaining wisdom. So if an entire book of the Bible was written, and the first purpose identified for that book is gaining wisdom, then I think the answer is yes, it is possible to learn wisdom. Another reason that I know it can be learned is that the Proverbs continually admonish us to, quote, get wisdom. Proverbs 4, 5, 23, 23, 2, verses 1 through 6, these are different references in Proverbs which say, get wisdom. Well, if we're told to go get something, that must mean that it is attainable, that you can learn it, that you can develop it, that you can enhance it. So get wisdom is another indication that wisdom can be learned. But then finally, and perhaps more subtly, wisdom is portrayed throughout the Proverbs as being openly available. Proverbs one twenty, Proverbs chapters 8, chapters 9, these passages personify wisdom as crying out in the streets, as wanting to be noticed, as something that anyone can access. It is openly available. So for all these reasons, my answer now to the question, can wisdom be learned, is absolutely yes. Jesus modeled it. The book of Proverbs was written for that purpose. We are admonished in the Bible to get wisdom, implying that we must be able to get it. And we, and we see wisdom portrayed as being openly available, welcoming us and challenging us and inviting us to partake. So now if I were in that same meeting, when my friend said, uh, wisdom is something you either have or you don't, I would have raised my hand and said, not so fast. Wisdom is something that can be learned, which then, of course, leads to the next question. How so? How can you grow in wisdom? Well, I don't have time on the podcast today to go through all the scriptures. There's just dozens of them. But what I've tried to do is go through dozens of scriptures and distill the insights in the Bible about how you grow in wisdom into a list of some steps we can take to actually get this process incorporated into our lives. Now, I realize on the podcast today, I'm skipping all the biblical material. 
Uh, if you really want that, you can check it out in my book, The Character of Leadership, or you can email me at jefforge at gs.edu, and I can try to send it to you. But the biblical material is available by just putting wise or wisdom in a search engine or a concordance, and you can pretty well get the scriptures uh, more quickly even doing it that way. So after reading and thinking about all these passages, here are some conclusions that I want to focus on on the podcast. How to Grow in Wisdom. Number one, acknowledge true wisdom comes only from God. Acknowledge true wisdom comes only from God. This means that you must consciously reject worldly wisdom and recognize that it is in play all around you, that the entire political, economic, academic, and entertainment systems in our world all rest on worldly wisdom. And you have to discern that, resist it, make an intentional choice to consciously reject so much that's going on around you. This means you have a healthy and holy suspicion about all input from all secular sources. And you're saying, man, that's a cynical point of view. No, it's not cynical. It's just realistic. Yes, I'm willing to listen to and uh, look into and, uh, in, and interface with all kinds of secular uh, input in my life. But I'm not willing to allow worldly wisdom to be my foundation for decision making. And then not only is rejecting that part of this first step, but then you have to intentionally adopt a Christian worldview and a perspective on life that's rooted in the Word of God and allowing it to form your thoughts, opinions, ideas, and, and uh, inform your decisions. Let's just take one area, money. Our world is absolutely fascinated by money, making it, spending it, gambling it, investing it, saving it, dealing with it, money. And every day, every day on my news feed, there are articles that pop up about money. Mon articles about investing, articles about economy, articles about retirement. Why do these pop up on my news feed? Because as, a, as an executive, uh managing an endowment and who's working toward retirement. All these issues are of concern to me. And as I click on past stories about these issues, of course, new ones get fed to me electronically, but you're no different. No matter who you are or where you are or whatever phase of life, if you are involved in any news collecting and reading or connecting, you're going to have some input delivered to you about money. Now, the Bible also has a lot to say about money. The Bible talks about how to make money, how to save money, how to spend money. The Bible talks about how to have appropriate attitude toward money, how to avoid greed and be a generous uh, giver. The Bible has very clear insight about money. And so here's an area where you have to make a, a choice. Are you going to input worldly wisdom about money or are you going to input intentionally a Christian worldview about 
money. Wisdom means that you input into your mind what the Bible says about money and where the Bible says something about money that corresponds with what the secular world is telling you, that's fine. You can certainly use that perspective, that secular one that's informed by a biblical worldview. But where the Bible contradicts what the secular worldview about money says, then you have to say wisdom means I'm going to go with what the Bible says on this situation. Now, you can take this in any other area, but it's just this clear. There's a worldview that is of worldly wisdom and a worldview that is Christian teaching, Christian insight, Christian information that comes out of the Bible. These things are often in conflict, and when they are, you have to make the intentional choice to develop a Christian worldview and follow what the Bible says about these issues in life. Now, part of doing this, according to all this scripture about wisdom in the Bible, relates to having a healthy fear of God, a respect for Him, and a deference to Him as you make your decisions. Passages say the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And so we start here. We're going to acknowledge that true wisdom comes only from God. We recognize a worldly system that exists around us that is constantly giving us input about every area of life. And we recognize that God's Word, the Bible, speaks another body of information about these same issues. And we have to make the choice. Do we fear man? Meaning that we respect and defer to what people think? Or do we fear God? Meaning we respect and defer to what God says. The beginning of wisdom is a healthy fear of God that intentionally chooses a Christian worldview. Second, you grow in wisdom by establishing a spiritual foundation for growing in wisdom in your life. Spiritual foundation. This comes in three categories. Number one, you have to be saved. You have to be a Christian. The Bible's very clear that if you are not yet a Christian, you are enslaved to a worldly way of thinking, and you will not be able to make wise decisions, wise choices, rooted in the Bible and all that it teaches about life. So the first spiritual foundation to wisdom is to be saved. The second spiritual foundation for wisdom is to read the Bible, study the Bible, internalize the Bible through memorization, and hear the Bible preached to be uh, confrontive and motivational in your use of the Bible. So read the Bible. Read the Bible devotionally so that it has input into your life on a consistent basis. It has the capacity to shape your life slowly, gradually over time, remaking you into the person God wants you to be. Now, in the area of gaining wisdom, there are two specific things I would challenge you to do. First one is to read the Gospels every day. Read the Gospels so that you can enter, encounter Jesus. Because Jesus is constantly doing what wise people do. And that is he is interpreting the Bible and its meaning, the Old Testament in his case. He's interpreting the Bible and its meaning into complex life situations and bringing about the right decision every time. So read 
the Gospels to see the wisest person who ever lived, Jesus, living out a wisdom life on those pages. But second, read the book of Proverbs. When I was about 17, 18 years old, I was talking with one of my mentors about becoming more wise and about the process of doing that. And he said, Jeff, if you'd like to be more wise, then I want you to read the book of Proverbs every day for the next decade. I said, what? He said, yeah, for the next 10 years, as a part of your daily Bible reading, just read the proverb of the day. So if it's, there's 31 chapters in Proverbs. So if it's the 23rd of the month, read the 23rd chapter. Don't worry if you miss some chapters, you'll get them the next month. Just read the proverb of the day every day for the next decade. And I did not do that. I'm an overachiever, so I did it for the next 13 years. I started when I was 17, and until I turned 30, I consistently read the book of Proverbs. I read the proverb of the day. Of course, I missed days and all of that, but I kept on reading. And by doing that, I read through the book of Proverbs multiple times every year. I can't think of any single thing that I've ever done that has shaped my life more in terms of thinking uh, from a Christian worldview and understanding the, uh, inc- some of the intricacies of applying the Word of God in complex life situations, because the Proverbs are all about that. They're all about that. Well, uh, a few years ago, my oldest son said to me, Dad, when you make decisions, you just always default to sort of a Christian perspective. How do you do that? And I said, well, it's, it's called wisdom, son. And I, I try to, to make wise decisions. And probably the thing that helped me do that the most was just reading the book of Proverbs. And I told him the story I just told you. And he was an older teenager at the time. And, you know, I was his dad and I didn't want to overbear, be overbearing. But I just said, this is what I've done. And you might want to give it a, give it a thought, you know. Well, I never brought it up again. About six or eight years later, my son was in his uh, mid to late 20s, and he was being promoted fairly rapidly in his work. And finally, I actually got a very significant leadership responsibility that was way beyond his years in terms of his experience and his uh, capacities. But he got the promotion. And uh, when he did, I asked him, son, what to what do you attribute this? How, how did how did you do this? <laughs> and he said, well, you know, God helped me. But uh, mainly he helped me by just giving me wisdom and to make decisions and to make good decisions. And, and frankly, my supervisor said I'm old beyond my years or wise beyond my years. And I guess that's how I got the job. I said, well, son, how, how did you do that? And he looked at me, kind of cocked his head and looked at me like I was kind of, you know, uh, dumb or something. I don't know. He just gave me that quirky look and said, well, dad, I've been reading the book of Proverbs every day, just like you said. <laughs> I thought, oh, oh, you've really been doing that. Well, great. He said, yeah, I've been reading the book of Proverbs for about the last eight years there, just like you said, and it's changed my life. Well, I would say the same thing to you. If you would like to read one particular part of the Bible that's going to shape you more than anything else in terms of developing wisdom, Just read the book of Proverbs and read it, the proverb of the month, and do it for a decade and see if it doesn't change the way you think about life. Of course, another way to uh, lay the spiritual foundation of the Bible is to study the Bible uh, and develop an appreciation for its complexity. 
and to develop discern principles, uh, or excuse me, develop discernment about principles from the Bible rather than just proof texting. So we're going to get saved. That's foundation number one. But second, we're going to access the Bible by reading about Jesus and reading the Proverbs and then studying the Bible and learning about its complexity and understanding how even within the Bible, there's often this interplay of texts and ideas and principles to bring about the right decisions. Okay, a third thing you can do is learn from wise people. Learn from wise people. You know, the, the Bible has multiple uh, examples of, uh, admonitions to, directions about learning wisdom from wise people. Who are some people you can learn from? Well, first of all, the most obvious ones that are in the Bible the most often are your parents. Now, you may say, well, that didn't work out too well for me. My parents aren't Christians. They, they, they don't live a biblical lifestyle. They're, I understand all that. But for Many of you, you do have parents who follow the Lord, want to do what's right, and they've developed some wisdom over their lives that you can learn from as you pay attention to them and to what they've learned and how they've lived it. So one source of wisdom in learning from wise people is to learn from your parents. A second source is to learn from biblical characters. Studying the lives of people in the Bible particularly men like Solomon, who were known for their wisdom, but also studying some of the negative stories of the Bible, like the story of David and Bathsheba, and learning from that negative example what it looks like when there's a failure of wisdom in a situation. Study biblical characters, particularly those who are related to or have the word wise or wisdom associated with their stories. Another way to learn wisdom from wise people is by studying history, reading about historical characters who demonstrated remarkable uh, wisdom, reading books or watching documentaries or even movies about people can help you understand how they were able to apply their Christian faith and apply their worldview into complex or difficult life situations. I have really enjoyed over the years reading presidential biography. And not all presidents have been Christians or even had a Christian worldview, but many have. And it's been very interesting to see how that Christian worldview molded, shaped, and directed them in decision-making and how they were able to make wise decisions as a result. Another way to learn from wise people is by paying attention to public figures and getting acquainted with them when you can and learning from them by watching them from a distance and then from uh, when opportunity presents, uh, learning from them up close and more personally. I think, for example, about a pastor named Jim Henry. He was the pastor for many years of the First Baptist Church of Orlando, Florida. And while I was not a close personal friend of his, I watched him from a distance. I read his materials. I listened to him speak. And I so greatly admired his wisdom, his capacity to give good leadership in very challenging situations. And then I had the opportunity to meet him. And then beyond that, I had the opportunity to invite him to engage with Gateway Seminary and teach for us for a number of years. And through that, I got the opportunity to spend personal time with him, learning wisdom from him about denominational issues, about cultural issues, about political issues, and also about church issues and, and, and seminary leadership issues. Learning from wise people 
public figures that you admire. And then finally, learning from wise people like friends or colleagues that you associate with on a regular basis. These can be relationships that you cultivate because you see in someone's life remarkable capacity to apply the biblical principles into complex life situations, and you see that wisdom in their lives, and you want it in yours. And so you cultivate the relationship and have conversation with them about how to do it, what to do, and what it looks like along the way. And then finally, after acknowledging true wisdom comes only from God, establishing a spiritual foundation for wisdom in your life, and learning from wise people, the last step is to develop discernment by doing some simple things that will help you. First, talk less and slow down in your life. When I saw these two things in the Bible related to wisdom, quite frankly, I was not excited. I like to talk, and I like to go fast. But the Bible says the wise speak less and listen more. And the wise don't make hasty decisions. They go slow. I have learned the hard way that if I will talk less and go slow, I will make better decisions. That wisdom will be revealed, become evident. As I talk less and go slow, wisdom seems to bubble up in the process. And then part of this developing discernment is also developing principles, not rules, from the Bible. Now, don't misunderstand me. You've heard me teach about this before. There are some things in the Bible that are rules, okay? They're clear. Black, white, do, don't. No question about that. But those black, white, do, don't, they also rest on principles that come out of those restrictions that can be applied in other situations that are not quite so crystal clear. That's what I mean by learning principles, not just the rules from the Bible and how to apply them. And in doing so, you have to ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Part of wisdom is humbling yourself and recognizing that you need to ask the Holy Spirit's guidance, direction, and help as you make these kind of decisions on a regular basis. Well, That's four steps to growing in wisdom, but now let me conclude with some evidence that you're becoming wiser. What does the Bible say really marks a wise man or a wise woman? Well, here are some qualities. First, when you are able to see life's situations from God's perspective. When you naturally look at a situation and say, what would God say about this? What's his perspective on this? What does his word say about this? What are the principles that are applicable in this situation? How do we need to see it from God's perspective? So, number one, you are wise when you are able to see life situations from God's perspective. Two, you're wise when you're able to relate principles of Scripture to challenging life situations. When you're able to say, here's a principle that applies, here's another principle that applies, here's a third principle that applies, and here's how they're going to interface together to lead us to a solution to a solution or here's one principle and here's another principle but the one of these that's going to dominate in this situation is this principle because that's going to lead us to the best decision third you're wise when you choose best behavior over legalistic license in questionable situations 
Wise means you choose best, not what you can get away with. You, you choose what's best, not what's permissible. This is the reason that, for example, uh, I don't gamble or I don't participate in drinking alcohol. Um, I know you can probably point to verses that would permit both of these things taking place. But no verse would say that either one of these activities is wise. So I want to be wise. I want to choose best behavior, not just what I can get away with. Next, number four, you are wise when you interplay scriptural principles in decision-making. Sort of, I sort of already alluded to this, but wise people are able to say two or three or four or five principles all apply, and we have to interweave them together and help to understand how to resolve a certain situation. And then last, you are wise when you are humble about your decisions, positions, and perspectives. Wisdom is not arrogant or haughty or demanding or insistent that it's always right. Wisdom says, based on my understanding of the Bible, based on my view of the principles in play in this situation, here's what I think we should do, or here's what I would advise you to do. But with some humility, I would add, this is my best judgment in the situation. I'm doing what I believe is right, but with a little, with a little humility sprinkled in. Well, today we've talked about how to be more wise. The most oft-asked prayer of a, by a leader is, Lord, give me wisdom. You keep praying that. But while you're praying for it, also, why don't you do something about it? Make a detailed study of what the Bible says about wisdom. Study the words wise and wisdom throughout the scripture. Draw up your own list of things you can do to facilitate greater wisdom in your life. And then measure yourself by some of these standards I've laid out today about what wisdom really looks like. We do need wisdom. We need wisdom for life and for leadership. Pray for it and work toward it as you lead on.